The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Mark Jackson. Spent seven years in the NBA and probably... None of those days were crazier than what's going on behind them right now with a full house of kids, the Warriors, the Wolves, the Sixers, the Nets, the Hornets, after spending time overseas. He's one of Philly's finest, a second-round pick out of Temple back in 1997, went to Roman Catholic High School. With all the moves that you experienced throughout your basketball career, which one was the most difficult? Um, I think the one that was most difficult for me was my rookie year with Golden State and my second year when I, uh, when I was uh, after my rookie season when I was a restricted free agent and I signed the deal to go to the Phoenix Suns. Um, and during that deal, the, the Golden State um, Warriors general manager, Gary St. Jean, said, okay, you really want to go there, we're going to let you go and everything. So I was in Phoenix. Uh, I'm sorry, I was in Houston. I signed with Houston. And I was in Houston, signed a contract. Everything was good, but I was going to Houston. Fifteen minutes left, Golden State matches the offer. And I was forced to come back to a situation where it was both agreed on that Houston would have been great for me. But the exact definition, the exact explanation from Gary St. Jean was, we didn't want to lose you for nothing. And that sort of hit me like, this is the business, and I understand it from their point of view. But what made it difficult, that, that's not what made it difficult. What made it difficult was the backlash I got from the fans every day in the Golden State area, in the, in the Bay Area. I would go out to eat. I would get death threats sent to my table. Uh, waiters would say, be careful. I think somebody's spitting your food. It got, it got, it got, it got incredibly crazy. That that's what I think made it hard for me. All, that, beca- all, that beca- all because thing. all because you signed an offer sheet somewhere else. Because I signed an offer sheet somewhere else, and to the point was it was a lot of back and forth going on in the media. I'm not going to mention his name, but it was actually it was used to be a beat writer for the Golden State Warriors at times, who was calling me almost every day, telling me all these negative things that they got that. Dave Collins was saying, oh, he's saying he don't want you and, and he, you're not a good fit for them, which I come to find out was all false. He was trying to find writing material. So apparently, so I was saying stuff like, well, if he don't want me there, I don't want to be there. So then apparently the next day on the paper, Mark Jackson does not want to be in the Golden State uniform next year. So stuff like that. So all that added up. And it was a learning experience that I learned from tremendously. And and to this day, I teach the other kids, like, be careful with the media. Be careful what you say. They're not your friends. They might tell you things, but make sure you verify things. Make sure things are accurate. Stuff like that. So all that led up to the backlash from the fans. So that whole situation made it horrible for me. How, how did you handle death threats being sent to your table at a restaurant? Um, I took it with a grain of salt. Um, how, because how is that possible? I, um, for me, I'm from the, uh, the inner city of Philadelphia. I've had death threats. I'm not worried about it. If they go through it, I just got to fight for it. So, you know, for me, I just, I just roll with it. Um, I took it. It hurt me uh, mentally more so than me worried about what they're going to do to me. Um, 
So I just I just roll with it. I don't know. Um, I tell people that story, and they look at me like I'm crazy. What do you mean you roll with it? it? To me, it was just part of the game. I didn't think they were really going to do anything. But the fact that it all started with something said in the paper and me, you know, stuff, words being taken out of context and matching off or stuff like that, and it was the business. So I wasn't worried about it. So then when you end up, you end up playing for Golden State for a part of that season, did you know you were going to get traded during that year? Eventually, eventually, um, then something else happened. We had agreed on a trade for me to go to Phoenix Suns, um, and I uh, that deal apparently would we played Phoenix on a Friday, a Saturday. The team was flying back because the they didn't play the Tuesday. They actually stayed a night in in Golden uh, Phoenix. So I was told literally by the general manager, "Hey, you can stay there and just catch another flight back or whatever." Um, so for the press conference and all that, so they like, all right, great. So that, that that next day, I'm walking around, I'm going around around Phoenix looking at houses, literally looking at houses um, with uh, actually a member of the uh, Phoenix Suns organization and got the phone call that they, they reneged on a deal for no apparent reason. Uh, because I was also, I was strict fish, so I had to, I get the chance to veto any trade. I had to agree to any place they wanted to send me. So apparently, you know, uh, they backtracked on the deal at the last minute. Um, you know, so that was something else that happened to me during that the whole incident. So when I was at Golden State. So I've, I've, I've been through these ups and downs and these things that happen when, of course, of trades and, and general managers trying to do things and things work out, some of them don't. So it's always a learning, learning process for me. So, that, so I'm looking at your game logs since basketball reference is as good of a site ever. And so I'm, I'm looking at that December 3rd at Phoenix. And then you don't play again until December twenty second at Denver. What were those few weeks like? Um, for me it was okay. I was I was because I see what they had did to me in Houston that summer. To me, nothing. To me, nothing could have been worse than that. Um, saying I could, you know, it, it hurt me because I had some friends that I've already played for Houston: Kenny Thomas, Steve Francis, Katina Mobley. Um, so for me. When they reneged on that, with 15 minutes left, anything after that, it's like, man, I got to expect anything with these guys. Mm-hmm. And it happened, you know, when they did the Phoenix thing, that happened again. Like, it was just, it was just an interesting situation uh, with me when I was at Golden State and, and with the trades and stuff like that. Mind you, it was a bad team. A lot of dysfunction going on there, not just with the players, but with the, with the organization as well, um, with the front office and stuff like that. So, a lot of those things just come with the territory. You just gotta, you just gotta hope you're mentally tough enough and well educated enough from with the optics to to see what's going on and just be prepared for anything. Who were you able to talk to about this while it was all going on? Other veterans on the team: um, Mookie Blaylock, Chris Mills, Adam Keefe, Vinny Del Negro was my right, my sidekick. That was my right hand guy with that year. He helped mentor me. He helped mentor me in the ups and downs, the pitfalls of things. Mookie Blaylock, who ironically was so beginning of the year when I had, was, was doing very good in preseason, made the team. He was like, yo, this guy right here is going to take care. You're talking about a certain member of the organization. And then months later was like, this guy's a snake. Don't trust him. And, and so it, a lot I learned so much from this dysfunctional year at Golden State. I had great mentorship from players. Um, veteran players, um, 
you know, and also in the front office, I knew how certain organizations run that didn't have tradition of winning. Hmm. And now look at them now. <laughs> right. Right. Things have changed. Were you glad that if this was going, if this was eventually going to happen to you during your career, that it happened early, not later? Oh, I love the fact that it happened early because it helped me prepare for anything more. It helped me prepare for anything more that could happen in my NBA or professional career. What was it like, the, the actual feeling of being traded when that eventually went through? Um, when it finally went through and I finally agreed to a deal with Minnesota, for me, it was like, it was like okay, let's see what's next. But for me, people, a lot of people complain about trading. For me, it didn't, it was, it's a part of the game. Your contract follows you wherever you go. The money doesn't change. So for me, I was, as long as I was in the NBA, it was fine. I didn't care where I went, what team I played for. I wanted to win. So when I got traded to Minnesota, getting back up minutes behind Rochester, the therapist, that was fine for me. I played there. Um, then Sixers acquired me in a trade. I had no problem with that. That was, that was a great experience for me to play in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think a shocking one that came is when I got traded from the Sixers to the Nets. That kind of like threw me for a loop because I didn't expect that. I had a really good season. I didn't know what was going on. So that, that kind of threw me for a loop when Billy King traded me there. But I got used to being traded. It was fine with me. I didn't, I didn't mind it. Yeah, a lot of things Billy King did threw a lot of people for loops. <laughs> <laughs> Not just. Yeah, you know, lots, a lot of people complain about that. You know what? Maybe because I'm saying this because that's all before I had a family. Maybe I'd have felt differently if I had a family. Well, Mark's back home in Philadelphia. You can watch him on NBC Sports Philadelphia. He's a Sixers TV, TV analyst. Mark, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, buddy. My pleasure, Noah. Appreciate you, man. I put on Mark's suit jacket once when we were in a hotel elevator together in Tuskegee, Alabama. I think it was a custom-made but it was an equivalent to the size 52. I could have fit my entire family in it, probably in just one of the sleeves. He's six foot 10 and as gentle as Eden is, my almost four-year-old daughter. Holds doors for everyone, please and thank you, sir and ma'am. Treats everyone with tremendous respect. He's a great role model for his kids and anyone who plays for him or has children play for him on his Team Jacko AAU program is very fortunate. You can follow the big man on Twitter at Jacko2544, that's J-A-C-K-O-2544, the two numbers he wore in college and the pros, and watch him in the studio during Sixers games this coming season on NBC Sports Philadelphia. If you ever want to talk hoops, we can do so on Twitter and Facebook at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V, plus a different look into my life on Instagram at Wawa Run. Finally, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It means a lot to me and the program, so please do it. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>